0: Welcome to Teo Podcast. I am your host, Rashni Hevawasam and founder of Teo Education and Teo Academy. Today we are going to talk about Colombia again. This is a continuation of episode 11. And we are going to talk in more detail of what's wrong with culture itself. And then we're going to, um, give, I'm going to give you a bit of the history of Palestine and Israel what is culture so culture is the foundation of a governmental system that was probably created tens of thousands of years ago and what they have done is culture has become so comfortable for the majority of people and so familiar that they've forgotten how wrong it is so I'm going to tell you what's wrong with our culture. So culture has divided our human race into several other races, subdivided it. So this actually divides us as a community apart. So if you live in America, you might hear of a white race, a black race, a Latino American race, and an Asian race. And within those when you subdiv- subdivide these races this race human uh, the human race what happens is there comes a there comes a dominant race which is white supremacy and inequality and this also affects gender as you can see in the workplace both genders do not get equal wages for the identical job position and that's <laughs> You can see that happening in with men and females, because st- the stereotypical image is that the man is more authoritative and more dominant, a do- more dominant figure compared to the female. And that's what generating inner inequality, because of this stereotypical image. But people should be actually following that stereotypical image. It's all about character, personality. In a man, uh, usually the ego is more dominant uh, aspect of the man and therefore that's what makes him more dominant or authoritative. But for a female, m- most of the time the ego aspect isn't there and that's therefore they make j- better leaders actually. And also uh, there is a scientific fact that uh, when a woman is born or a female is born, they are naturally ten years. Uh, they act ten years older than that of a man or a male. The world divides us through skin color, status level, so that could be like profession, um, job, or wealth level. Chance gender status uh, because it's not considered normal uh, to change your gender, and therefore it's something new and therefore it's considered wrong. But culture itself is wrong for trying to put a finger on another person's problem. We have freedom and we have the right to do whatever we want to our body. And when we see someone else doing it, we shouldn't put a finger on that. If you have noticed, developing countries and developed countries are divided poor countries get almost little to no recognition unless something detrimental occurs but the west pub- uh, publicizes themselves so hugely no- publicizes themselves so hugely knowing they weren't the people who pioneered some of the policies or discoveries the world is divided by the power level and to maintain that power level There has been murders, killings, um, maybe wars to maintain that sort of power, which is really bad. Uh, The culture has a social organization, so ranking people as well. So it has religion that divides us as well. Religion heavily divides us. Most of the world thinks all Muslims are terrorists, which is completely wrong. Only people with superficial um, knowledge of what's going on with the world will actually say that all Muslims are terrorists, but the truth is it's not that kind of situation that's occurring. So our culture forms a set of garments that carry out these um, unfair uh, sort of division and inequality. So we are divided by language as we cannot understand each other, um, but we are reunited with the language English. So the culture divides us into uh, divides this um, this whole um, world into an economic systems of each and every country, and each and Every country has their own flaws and inequality levels. Where traditions are claimed to be right and crime would be conducted any place possible. Even if it's not allowed in the real world, it would be conducted online. And why is this still there? Abuse is considered normal in uh, some countries. Why? And normally, they kind of—it's uh, the—it's a man who's actually giving abuse in um, some of the Eastern countries. It's the man because uh, they portray the man to me so dominant. Um, they are dominant because of their ego, but that doesn't mean they have to crush or step on a child or another woman. Violence is considered normal, and in a, this is basically all the flaws in our culture. Why? When considering police officers and their brutality, it completely goes against justice and the democracy policy. Our culture promotes the restriction of freedom from your job because you are controlled by someone else. And suppressing people to speak their own minds, whether it's something they learned and giving their own opinion out to the public because they want to control the majority of the society to make their sort of decision so the public can follow. The leaders of the world are most afraid of thinkers, the thinkers who can make their own decisions because they are the ones who ultimately release themselves um, out of the control of uh, control and try to lead their own lives, having the maximum freedom. That's why creators get to decide what they want with life. Uh, some people who are immensely creative, like in the Hollywood industry, are under conservatorship. So if you don't know what's a, a conservatorship, it's like a legal a legal document that proves that you have to have a guardian. Or someone to make all the decisions in your life. So you may be like so rich. But you ca- you don't have control uh, of the money in your bank account. So when you want to buy something, you can't buy without the approval of a guardian. And you can't leave the house. You can't do the basic things you want in life making you a depressed person. That's what happens to Britney Spears. And I think that she should have make her own decisions and uh, she shouldn't be, like, caged. Like, I would, like, suggest that's kind of a caged lifestyle. And I wouldn't uh, recommend it for anybody, even if you have uh, are going through some mental issues. I think that only you, yourself, can come out of it. Another person can make things worse for you, especially in that sort of situation where you have your parents making mistakes for their own child so having a conservatorship is probably a terrible idea because it's unfair because you know the most talented person in that sort of situation is Britney Spears so she actually earned that money but she needs permission to use it so this is kind of a messed up life if you actually think about it you should give her freedom Harassment is considered normal. Why? It's a crime. Money has been used to actually fuel these negative aspects in our culture. Promoting fear and shame depending on the country. So they manage to silence the people who want to talk. And comfortable... Comfort and comfortably spreading propaganda so that everyone else cannot know the truth. When people don't know the truth, even this divides people into different sides. So they start reanalyzing the situation based on their knowledge and some of them don't have the input of their friends um, and therefore they start choosing whatever path they want to go to. And this divides the public into different different sections, I would say. And if it goes against the system, everyone's chances of getting employed becomes impossible when it's wrong. But, it, but the system goes against democracy. Psychologically embedding this as normalcy on the public But it's our culture that is wrong. It brainwashed our society to think that this is the only right way. uh, Dividing the human race into distinct parts. Some people go towards the violence, destruction, uh, power uh, hungry, money hungry, kind of being, and as they think that's the only method of being successful, while they promote hate. Because it only brings themselves up but if they take another path he would realize that tradition is wrong everything that ha- the foundation of the foundation of the economical system is in fact wrong which is why we have the same mistake repeating in history like no one has ever learned from it society has to understand that um most of the people especially those who govern the system, have got you on a leash. And that leash is getting tighter by the minute. Every time you go to a job, you try to get yourself into a job, you're actually losing your freedom as well. And that's what's happening. And a lot of students don't know the real picture until it's too late. And some people also think this is the only way they can be successful in life, which is wrong. If you go to South Asian countries, you'll find out that the older generation is so familiar, so comfortable with the system that they want their children to be glued to it. But as you grow older, you find out that there are flaws in the education system as well. So this is the 21st century. Youth is jobless. Relationships are meaningless. Leaders are shameless. Feelings are heartless. Education is valueless. Now, let's dive into the situation Colombia is facing. I know I'm a Sri Lankan, so when I speak of this situation, I have a limited knowledge, and I've never been to Colombia in the first place. But it's, I feel like it's my duty to raise awareness that situations like this occur around the world. And during this period of time, during this pandemic, Colombia is in a state of crisis. A national strike has taken hold as Colombians resist decades of long governmental neglect and abuse. I was talking about last time about the peace process. It hasn't been addressed till now. Um, It would be... Really great if a Colombian came up to this podcast and spoke to me about everything of what is going on. We are here to raise awareness, we are here to help other people through the popularity of this podcast. So, if there is, if you know a Colombian who knows about the situation, or if You know someone who actually does, who has wide knowledge about the situation that's happening there. Ask them to have the courage to speak on this podcast. Anyways, what is happening in Colombia? The story is huge. On Monday, May 17th, right-wing populist President Ivan ordered full deployment of security forces, forces nationwide, claiming that there is a clear criminal interest behind roadblocks that have been put up in southwest of the country. There exists no evidence of any involvement of criminal organizations in the protest. His peace commissioner ignored strike leaders' demands to end the violent repression of the peaceful protest. There has also been a fire in one of the cities in Colombia. We shall get into more details of that fire. Early morning on May 13th, ESMAD, which is the Mobile Anti-Disturbance Squadron, mostly funded by their very own US tax dollars, and this is kind of a group of police uh, men. So early morning on May 13, the ESMAD attacks a certain city and they tear-gassed the entire city and opened fire. The city was under siege for over 72 hours. May 13th, in another city, a young woman was sexually assaulted by the Colombian police. The next day, she committed suicide. On May 14th, 8 a.m., Colombian local time, the ESMAD kidnaps a bunch of people. Then they murdered some of them and he suffer, uh, one of them suffered a little wound to his neck caused by a stun grenade. All around the country, there have been reports of police dressed as civilians kidnappedi- kidnapping the protesters into unmarked vehicles. Ten women were detained by the police admits in the peaceful protests. One was severely injured and in need of intensive care. So there's a lot of injustice and there's no one to protect them. And as far as I understand, that this is all happening through the police. The police are becoming killers. And today we'll also go through some uh, Palestinian and Islamic history to understand the situation that's happening now. It goes back thousands of years ago, except that Islam wasn't established during that period of time and i think that their conflict is about land and uh, the failure of the united nations or the british for understanding each of the party's story that's what i can say and palestinians were never given a prom- uh, they were never given a state as promised by the british so That that was the problem from the beginning. So when we're talking about Palestine, it was in the late 19th century where the Ottoman Empire ruled over Palestine. So probably the majority were Muslims. And they had like a few Christians and Jewish people. And in Jerusalem, the population was roughly equal, I guess. The Ottoman Empire of Palestine consisted of people of different religions that lived together peacefully in one community. But how about Israel? When we go back to the late 19th century, the austria hungary Empire, in which at least 10 different nations all wanted their own state. The Jewish people wanted to stay within Europe, but they had to leave Europe and settle in their own state. The concept of Jewish nationalism came to be known as Zionism. So, most Zionists were secular Jews. That means they did not believe that the country was governed by religion. So, the British issued the Balfour Declaration in 1917, boldly promising the establishment in Palestine of a national home for the Jewish people. And at the time, Palestinians were part of the Ottoman Empire. A year earlier... The British had secretly promised the French that they would be dividing Arab territories and the British would keep Palestine. 1915, they promised the ruler of Mecca, Sharif Hussein, that he would rule an Arab state, including Palestine, if he let an Arab rule against the Ottoman rule. And Hussein allowed it. Therefore, the British had promised Palestine to themselves, the Meccans, and the Zionists. Meanwhile, for a certain period of time, the British uh, set up different institutions for Muslim Christians and Jews, but that made it difficult for Palestinians to collaborate since they were dividing them apart. They were uh, Palestinians were kind of like a collaborative group. And what the, when the British came to rule for a certain period of time, they kind of divided um, and ruled the country. So what happened in the 1920s is that the Jewish population increased due to the Balfour Declaration. Jews were 30% of the time. The growing Jewish population focused on purchasing land from non-Arab Palestinian landowners making farmers leave who were living and working there. These practices heightened tension between Jewish and Arab Palestinians. Palestinian Arabs thought of themselves as a nation revolting with the British. The British limited British immigration and calling for a joint Arab and Jewish state within 10 years in Palestine. Nobody was happy and the British gave the problem of Palestine to the United Nations at the end. So in 1948, a war broke out between Arabs and Israelis. The israeli government established jewish illegal settlements in what had been palestinian territory but israeli confirms that they are legal because palestine wasn't a legal state and in late nineteen eighties palestinians launched the first interferda refusing to pay taxes but when israeli armed forces attacked protesters, violence took place also it launched hamos which was the first suicide bombing in israel in 1993, UN tried to solve a lot of issues by establishing peace treaties including water issues and for the old Palestinians in return. In September of uh, 2000, Prime Minister Ariel Sharon led a group of 1000 armed guards to the Temple of Jerusalem. This led to more protesters and the second intifada had more than 3000 Palestinians and thousand Israelis were killed. Hamas ruled thereafter all sides have failed to understand the other party's narrative and that's what's going on On. till today. We're back at square one again. Palestinians have been denied a state before the formation of Israel and they live with the military occupation and for Israelis they need a homeland, the U.N. established. And, but they aren't the first ones to actually um, increase their land via military victory and protect their nation against threats. So, if it were possible, I would make an island for Palestinians and like put them there. That's the only thing I can do from the situation that's occurring till today. That is, if I was president... Right now, I can't build an island for those people. But if it were possible, like I would actually build an island for those Palestinians because they are the most peaceful, peaceful people in, the, in that area that are being hostile and children are growing up knowing what death looks like. We're coming to an end of the podcast. This is a continuation of episode 11. See you next time on TAO podcast The Pandemic Press. I am your host, Rashni Hivawasam, and I am signing out.